Mindfulness Mode 275. Our fear-based emotions and our ego and some blocks are what's causing us not to let our love-based goals come out. And the way I define love-based goals are these are the goals that if you become them, if they become true, they change you. This is what your soul is calling you to be. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on today's Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Lankford. I'm glad you're here today, Mindful Tribe. I just want to say thanks for being a Mindfulness Mode listener. I truly appreciate it. Last time we talked about how mindfulness is connected to the inward journey. My guest asked the question, how can you find out what truly matters to you without living inward? My interview with John Sticks was inspirational and he was so thought-provoking with his ideas, be sure to listen at mindfulnessmode.com slash 274. My guest today is offering a free book, which I can tell you is well worth downloading. It's called How to Start a Business You Love and That Loves You Back. Get it at lovebasedbiz.com. Now, like I said, today's guest is a writer. I've read her book called Love-Based Goals, where she talks about living your purpose and passion. Her writing speaks to me in a real and authentic way. And now I'm reading her book, Love-Based Money, and it's excellent as well. I met Michelle at an event in the U.S., and right away I knew I wanted her on my show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Michelle P.W., Hey, Mindful Tribe, (laughs) this is going to be such a great day because I have an amazing guest, and I know I always say that, but today, I really, I mean, my guest is over the top. She's so talented. She's so great at communicating. Her communication skills are unbelievable, and wow, just everything. I'll tell you more about her in a second, but hey, Michelle, are you in mindfulness mode? I am all <laughs> That's the time. Great. Well, maybe not all the time. <laughs> you can well, you can tell how excited we both are, right? This is yes, great. I am. Yeah. Well, Michelle, and I'll tell you, I'm not going to keep you in suspense. I'll tell you her whole name. Michelle Parisa Wasik is the best-selling author of the love-based business series of books that share how to sell more with love. And you heard it right, How to Sell More with Love. And I've read this, and I mean, this is amazing. I've read one of the books. And, you know, you can build a solid, profitable business on a foundation of love. What a concept. In addition, she owns a copywriting and marketing company along with writing and publishing fiction. And you'll be able to learn about how to get a free book later on and all these things about Michelle. But, well, you know, we're going to, of course, be talking about mindfulness, and she's very skilled at mindset and the whole area of mindfulness. But, Michelle, what does mindfulness mean to you? What's this all about in your life? So, well, thank you. I am really excited to be here. And what mindfulness really means to me is... I, it's really a way to, to, I guess, to manage my emotions. And I mean, that's one of the things that you and I were talking about beforehand. I mean, part of where, you know, I came to like, you know, selling more with love. 
you know, where that really evolved from was feelings because I, I, I'm, I'm the belief and the deeper I I get into it, the more convinced I become (laughs) is that our emotions are really what derails us more than anything else. So if we are not reaching our dreams on, on anything, um, you know, our relationships, our health, our business, um, you can, you know, pretty much hands down know that, um, there's emotions that that something that emotions are involved somehow and keeping us from doing that. Right. So as you said in the book that I am reading, that you have written, that we push our emotions down. We suppress them. The book is Love-Based Money and Mindset that I'm I'm reading here. And and one of the things that you've said is you can't just numb the uncomfortable emotions without also numbing the good. Exactly. We certainly don't want to do that. But, you know, you say if you're busy doing things to avoid feeling the uncomfortable stuff, you're actually not allowing yourself to feel the good emotions. So how do we do it? What's the secret, Michelle? What's the secret? Mindfulness. (laughs) It is. It's mindfulness. So how do we do that? How do we become mindful so this just all unpacks? So the thing with with emotions, all right, so all emotions um, I feel like are are under one of two, uh, one of two umbrellas. You have the love-based emotions and the fear-based emotions. And fear-based emotions are, of course, things like fear, anxiety, worry, uh, grief, anger, resentment, shame, guilt, all of those feelings that we don't want to feel. Yeah. And so much selling goes on with those fear-based emotions, right? Exactly. We don't stop to think of it, but but that happens. Because, and you know why? It's because, because, um, avoiding fear-based motions is what m- the vast majority of people spend their lives doing. That is, I think that is one of the, the biggest things we don't, we don't, we can't sit in our fear-based emotions. And because of that, we, we build our entire lives around numbing them, running from it, hiding from it, you know, pushing them down, all of that. So it's actually, I don't want to say easy because nothing, nothing is really easy when it comes to sale, but it is easier to sell a way to get people to not feel fear-based emotions than really anything else because, because people are desperate to not feel them. And so we've, we've constructed our, we've built our lives, we've built our businesses, we've built our governments, we've built our relationships, our families on these foundation of fear. And what I mean by that is because of all the actions we take, so we don't feel those fears. That's what, that's what, you know, all little actions constitutes our lives. So think about it. If all our actions are designed to keep us from feeling those fear-based emotions, that's what we've, we've constructed our lives on is on, 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 on those feelings of fear. And I really started with the business and with the copy, you know, even specifically copy and marketing. But, you know, that's why so many businesses are because businesses really, entrepreneurship really pushes all your buttons because you have to own your value. You have to learn how to sell. You have to deal with your money and, you know, all this other stuff, you know, visibility, that's a huge one too. And, you know, and if we are fighting our emotions, then all these actions are taking, we're actually building our business on a foundation of fear versus a foundation of love. Because if we're so, if we're so scared, you know, like if we're constantly in scarcity mode and worried about not having enough money and worried about getting more clients, think, see, see how all that stuff, all those actions we take. So then we take these actions to prevent that. And then we're building things on that. Right. And so how do we 
uh, focus more on love without feeling that we're kind of selling out. Or, you know, all of our all of our friends who are running their businesses have this sort of fear thing going on, but we're doing the love thing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do we not feel like, oh, is this is this really uh, going to cut it? But it does cut it the way you it do it. The way you yeah. do it, it works. Yeah. Because it, it absolutely works. And so first off, you have to you have to put fee, put your emotions in their proper place, which is emotions just want to be felt. So uh, and if you feel them, then they go away. So you have to be willing and open to feel your fear based emotions whenever they want to come up. And that, I think, is the key. That's one of those things that sounds super easy, but mm-hmm. it's not because like if you suddenly feel like. If you, you know, you're, it's in the middle of your day and you and you suddenly have this crying jag, you know, you can't just, you know, t- take off and go cry somewhere. Right. Or you know, so that's the problem. So it's like, how do you balance that now? I mean, I've, I think eventually you do need to find a place to cry in order to let it move through you. But that's the balance. Or if you're suddenly angry and you want to yell at somebody because something just happened and you're triggered and you want to go yell at somebody. But really, uh, you know, as 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 great. You know, yelling at people is rarely the answer, but you need to feel those emotions because those emotions are coming up. So how do you feel them and let them move through you without without shutting them down, numbing them and and, 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 then, and then letting them come back? So, I mean, I saw, you know, we can all talk about this in the moment. We don't want to feel it. But then when is a good place to feel it? You know, because a lot of, you know, because we, you know, we, we really don't want to feel it. And that's where mindfulness, at least to me, comes in. That's where my meditation practice comes in is that that is a container a 20 minute container i give myself every morning to let myself feel my emotions and what does that look like are you out in nature are you sitting on the floor what what are you doing when you meditate so I'm not I'm I'm I, I'm in the house. I could be out in nature, but so far what I've been doing is I have meditation tapes because I have terrible monkey mind, which is why I didn't meditate for a really long time. And so I listen to the tape. So I put I I put a tape on. I light a candle. I put a tape on, and then I I I just I sit there. You know I I I'm very relaxed the way I do it, and then I just let. You know, sometimes not, sometimes I don't really feel much of anything. So I'm not going to. So it's not like every time I do this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like bawling my head off. That's just simply not true. But it's like but it's like because also because I've been doing this such a long time that, you know, it's it's not an, it's, it's never an everyday thing anyways. But so I sit and I just kind of, you know, and, and turn off the story in my brain as much as I can, you know, keep bringing it back to the music. And then just breathing into whatever emotion wants to be come up and felt, and that's just really what it is. So in me, with it's it's in my gut, which and belly breathing is good anyway. So I concentrate on those deep belly breathing to really feel what's going on in there and to just allow it to come up and be felt. And don't and 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 this is because that's what you're supposed to do with emotions. You're supposed to let them, you know, feel them. You're not supposed to make decisions from them or take actions from them. You're just supposed to feel them, and that's it. But that's where we get. I think that's where we get, kind of go astray. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, you mentioned several times in your book. You know, emotions are meant to be felt. Yes. And I I read that and I'm like, yeah, what a cool sentence. Yeah, it's true. They are meant to be felt. But I want to go back to when you were six years old and what (laughs) you were like. And did you feel your emotions back then? Were you a little girl that loved to draw or, or work with words? What were you like? Tell us a story. 
Well, actually, when I was three years old, I taught myself to read because I wanted to write stories so badly. So I okay. was a very determined little girl. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm not surprised. <laughs> and I also was very, my mother always said that I was very easy because, I mean, I was an only child. My sister wasn't born until I was five. Mm-hmm. So I remember being, in, I remember not having sisters. I have t- I have two of them now. Yeah. Um, and I and so I and I was somebody who could just play, you know, by myself for hours. So my mother, you know, she used to like be on these play dates, and people would say like, "Oh, you know, that you know, it's so much work. My child needs somebody." And my mom was like, "I don't know. She just plays by herself. <laughs> require a lot of entertaining." <laughs> so. And but I also had a, a terrible way where I wandered off too. So I would simply if some, that was the other thing too because I had this independence streak. So I would just simply wander away. And then my mother would say, "You can't just wander away. You have to tell me. I have to know you're safe." And I would say, "Like, but mommy, I know I'm safe." She's like, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't cut it." <laughs> yeah, I need to know you're safe. And when did you discover like you were so amazing at writing copy for people to sell things? I mean, you know, writing is one thing, but to right. write and communicate with the reader that, you know, hey, I've got this thing and you're going to love it and you probably might want to think about looking at buying it. When did you get into that place? <laughs> so that was when I was in high school. I wanted to find something else to to write because, I mean, writing really has been a driving force my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I wanted something else to, to write while to do to make money writing while I was working on my books and that's you know everyone said why don't you be a journalist and I'm like oh god that's the last thing I want to be <laughs> uh, so then I kind of found in college I kind of fell into this whole wacky world of copywriting which it is a wacky world and I noticed there were things about it that were similar to fiction and, and not that you make things up that's what a lot of people said when I first did it's like oh you're making things up like advertising and, and that's not really the case but you know, with fiction, you know, because you are creating an emotional mood with fiction. Right. And so and and, and you, you have to be in the emotions of your characters so that your characters actually take action that makes sense. And then, you know, a lot of times with fiction, which I didn't really realize, but, you know, you're creating an emotional container for the readers to feel their feelings to a safe emotional container for that. And that's what you're doing with direct response copy, because. Well, it doesn't matter what kind of persuasion you're doing. If you want to compel somebody to take action, whether or not that is buying something or having your kids go to bed at at a certain bedtime, you have to tap into emotions. And you can tap into fear-based emotions or love-based emotions. And I didn't know this back then, but this was something I just sort of unconsciously, you know, I I unconsciously was kind of doing it. And it wasn't until later that I, I finally sorted out what I was doing. I was able to kind of tease the whole thing apart. But that's what, what the difference is, is that it's, it's in both ways, it's a way of tapping into people's emotion. Yeah, it truly is. And, uh, you know, I do want to ask you a question that uh, talks about fear. And, you know, fears come from many places. And one of those is when we're mistreated by others. And then we create yeah. these fears. And, uh, you know, that relates to the work I've done in bullying. Do you have a story about bullying where maybe as an adult or as a kid where mindfulness would have made a difference? Yeah, I, you know, I was it's interesting cuz um uh, I was thinking I've been thinking a lot about bullying because yeah, I was actually horribly bullied as a child oh, in you? elementary school and middle school and then even my first job I was, you know, I was bullied and you know, it was, it was both boys and girls, my my mostly girls though and my boss was a woman. Um 
who was really bad about it. And yes, I do think knowing mindfulness would have helped because the thing is, is that, you know, obviously you can't, you, you can, you, you, it's, it's, you can actually change your environment when you change yourself. I know that that seems, you know, something that you, that people talk about and it, and it seems, but when you're stuck in the middle of this, you're thinking to myself, Oh yeah, it's easy for you to say, but you know, if, you know, why the bullies had, I mean, they didn't, I, um, I, I wasn't really physically hurt. It was more, um, like they would, I would be surrounded and, 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 you know, and, and stuff were said and, and that kind of thing. So, but the thing is, is that my, 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 my reaction caused it to get worse. If I had simply just not, if I had just kind of stood there and, and didn't react to what they were doing, they would have left me alone. So that's really what the key is. Cause they were preying off of my, off of me crying, off of me getting more upset, you know, off of me just not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, cause that, that's really the key is it, you know, that, that that's where they're getting their power from. So if you, if you don't give them the reaction that they're looking for, then they have no power over you and they likely will find somewhere else to go yeah, and, you know, someone sure. else to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, wow, that must have been tough, you know, like going through all of those years of, of varying bullying situations and you just, how did you get through it all? What, what was that, the way that you could actually get through all of that misery? So I, I think one of the things is, is that I, because I, because I had like such a strong sort of only child and my, my mom didn't go to a lot of play dates. I mean, I, this is, this is absolutely not my mom's fault. So I just want to bring that up right now. But, you know, I don't remember, I don't remember like, you know, my dad was in Vietnam probably dating myself. Yes, I'm old. Um, so he was actually, he was actually had been, um, he wasn't enlisted. They, um, drafted him Mm -hmm. and so I don't remember I don't remember having children a friends my age until I was older probably like six you know like went you know school age five six seven so I know I had trouble dealing with with I I trouble with social situations and so I think that was what I think that was what made me a target because I didn't I couldn't read the social situations so what ended up happening is I think over the years because I this is all very unconscious but I learned how to read social situations better and I'm 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 pretty good at it now but I really think think that what ended up happening was that I that's so I that so I slowly learned how not to put myself in the situation where where that would happen is that by by learning to you know you know being able to read people better than I but better than I was when I was young when I was younger well you mentioned before we started uh this conversation that you're writing a new book and I wonder if you'll share a little bit about that with us give us a sneak peek so that is love-based goals because one of the things that I realize um, is, you know, for all of us, well, I shouldn't say all of us, but I, I think a lot of us, there are goals on our list, you know, things, you know, maybe it's our purpose that we want to do and we're just not doing. And quite honestly, it was writing my books. Like here, you know, I got kind of like, you know, I started doing copywriting and it was all great. And, but I ended up building a, a copywriting biz company. I ended up building, I do, I have a copywriting company now with a team of copywriters and all this other, but I wasn't actually working on my fiction books. I still wasn't working my fiction books, my nonfiction books. I still wasn't doing my dream. And it wasn't until my mother 
died that I really moved past that because then I, I realized while I was sitting there holding her hand on, you know, and she was, she wasn't exactly on her deathbed. She was, it was, um, she, she, it was about nine months before she died, but we thought she was on her deathbed right. and I was in ICU all alone. And I was saying to myself, I'm not going to die with my books inside me. And that really caused me to, you know, to, to, you know, that changed me. But the reality is, is that what, what I really, really think is going on because, because it got through my emotions. And the thing is, is that again, like all things, I think our fear-based emotions and our ego and some blocks are what's causing us not to let our love-based goals come out. And the way I define love-based goals are these are the goals that if you become them, if they become true, they change you. This is what your soul is calling you to be. For you to be the person that has your love-based goals come true, you need to shift. And that's why these are such powerful goals. And that's why there's so much stopping you. Well, you know, because what? if you, you, you really shared that so well in the Love Based Money and Mindset book. And it was such, like, what was amazing to me is that you, you shared this in such a way that it was so easy to grasp it. I mean, after all, that's your, your area. You're, you're a copywriter. You're so good at writing this. But it was so easy to read this and kind of go, oh, yeah, I get it. That is just awesome. Yeah, so it's really about how to be the person you need to be. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that's and that's why I went kind of deeper with the goals because I agree there's a lot of people out there a lot of a lot of would-be writers with their unwritten books and would-be artists. I mean, but it's not even just creative people. All these, you know, entrepreneurs, would-be entrepreneurs who are not starting their business. And I really think it's because, you know, they 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 need to shift and become the person that those goals are calling them to be in this book and the money and mindset book too. I think both of them will work really well together to help people do that. And what about people who set goals and then they just feel like a loser because those goals don't happen. And they, from then on, they're going, okay, I don't even believe in goals. I don't want to set goals. It's just such a negative thing for me. I'll do something else in my life. And I've talked to yes. people like that. What are your thoughts on that? And that's what this book is, too. See, that's that's exactly it. It's like all the times that you've fallen down and failed at your goals. Here's some of the reasons what might be going on. So if you're willing to now, you might not be. But if you're willing to try one more time, get yourself back up and try again. You know, that's where I really go through with the book is to really walk, you know, walk you through where some of those traps may have may have caused you to fall down. And so maybe it was because of. Something you know that your your you know your parent uh, you know somebody said to you when you were a child. Um, it might be that it wasn't the right time. Maybe they're not the goals that you're meant to be. You know, maybe the, maybe you're trying to make goals come true that are not really yours, or maybe you're 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 trying you're you're committed to them looking a specific way, but they don't have to look a specific way for you still to get the outcome. So there's a lot of different things that could be going on. But you know, if, and if you're willing to try again, then you know there might be a way to do that. Well, let's talk about grief. You mentioned the passing of your mother, and, and that was such a challenge for you. You talked about it in the book a little bit, but it can completely paralyze some of us. And some of us, you know, yes. like you, you talked about, you know, don't push those emotions down. You know, you have to experience them. But uh, grief is so different for all of us and it can be based on you know our spiritual upbringing. It can be based on so many things. How do we get through this? 
So Brene Brown says, and I think she's got, I think she's on to something that, um, that grief is the one emotion that nobody wants to feel as humans. That's just the worst feeling in the world. So we pile other emotions on top of it. So like for me, you know, like, so like if you, if you get beyond, if you get below the fear and the worry and the anxiety, there's, there's grief. The same with anger anger if you get below the anger resentment all of that there's probably there's likely grief so we don't want to feel it so we put other emotions on top of it but you you know there's just you know unfortunately i wish there was a, a, a simpler way but this this might help is that i do think that grief is our badge to shows that we loved you know this is that's what grief really means grief is that's what grief is about is our proof that we've loved, that we've cared, that we that somebody made a difference to us. I mean, there's really no more honorable thing we can do than to grieve a relationship or a person or a situation because then we are letting them know that they matter to us. So if we allow ourselves to go there, if we allow ourselves to lose that, you know, and I know for some people they're just afraid they're going to lose control. But if you allow yourself to to lose control, and it, if you do lose control, it'll only be a short time, I promise you. Um, but if you allow yourself to just really feel it and get to the end, um, you know the, the the what the doors that open up are amazing. Because the other thing is, grief brings gifts, but you have to you have to actually go through them to get it. But the grief, because I mean, it is it's our badge of honor. It's it's the most honorable and a thing we can we can do and so if we allow ourselves to do it uh if we allow ourselves if we allow ourselves that gift then more will more opportunities will open up for us and i think yeah that's an awesome gift and it's an awesome gift that you're giving to the world like giving permission to live based on love instead of all this fear i think it's tremendous now as we move toward the end of the interview i want to ask you five quick answer questions michelle the first one is this who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness so um, I think it all it really started with my spiritual mentor, Christina Rio, because I, and, and if you get the money mindset story, I talk about kind of like my breakdown and all that, you know, and she was really the person that, you know, she, that got me on the path to feeling my emotions, because at that point I was I was so broken, I didn't know what was going on. And it was it was through her that she got me inspired to start this journey. So how has mindfulness affected your emotions? You've talked about it a bit already. And uh, but just share concisely, you know, how how has that affected your emotions? So I would say that um, because of mindfulness, I mean, mo- the vast majority of time, what I feel is inner peace, and and it's it's like a contented feeling. And then, so, and then sometimes I, you know, sometimes a fear-based emotion will come up, and sometimes like I, I get, you know, I'm I'm also full of happy or joy, or you know, it's, it's really extreme. But for the most part, it has allowed me to live my life in a very even keel, where I feel peaceful peaceful and contented most of the time and i think that's a i think i think that's what a lot of people would like so tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice 
breathing, it, you know, so many of us do shallow breathing. I think you probably, I'm sure you've had other, um, uh, other podcasts, but, uh, and the problem with those shallow chest breathings is that it's, it's actually not even very good for your physiology. So, so, you know, that's, away. And again, like I said, I've got terrible monkey mind. So focusing on the, the belly breath, you know, even putting your hands there to feel the breath going out there gives you something else also to focus on. And it's a lot better for you as you go through it. Now, your series of books are amazing. Do you have any other books you recommend in this uh, area, this realm of mindfulness? Well, the big leap is, I mean, it's not, it's not completely a mind, but, but it's Guy Hendricks. The big leap is, is, is one that I just, I love to recommend anyways, just because I just feel like that can be, um, I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't specifically go after the mindfulness, but it, what it does do is it kind of opens you up to where all the ways in your life that you are holding yourself back because you're not letting yourself feel, you know, all the great emotions coming to you and actually receive everything coming to you. Yeah. And, and Gay is an amazing man and, and truly a mindful yeah. man. And he was a guest on my yeah. show. So if you're listening to this, you know, when you finish, just go to mindfulnessmode.com and type in Gay, G-A-Y, and that episode will pop right up. And it was a wonderful episode, but I want to move oh, on. I can if imagine. You, yeah. Oh yeah. He's tremendous. So uh, can you share an app? Which helps with mindfulness. You know, there's, um, I wish I, I should use it more, the mindfulness bell, which I, I'm sure you must, somebody else must have mentioned. And I, well, and I was just reading about it in your book because you <laughs> yeah. mentioned it in there as well. Um, but yeah, that's a great app because what it does is you can set it to kind of just go off. And then when you hear this bell, um, then you know to take to pause and take a second and just breathe. So, yes. um, yeah, and just, and it just has to be a few seconds to pause, but it kind of breaks you out of that you know, that, that hypnosis we get ourselves into. Yeah. And as I mentioned, I'll put all of these links in our show notes, but Michelle, how can Mindful Tribe reach out to you? How can we learn more about what you do and what you offer? So my Love Based Biz blog, um, lovebasedbiz.com. I also have a podcast there, Love Based Money, because I think our relationship to money is really that if we can untangle that, a lot of this other stuff, I think, will start to fall into place. And uh, and that was actually based from the book. Um, and I, so that's where I have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of resources, a lot of ways, especially to, to live, uh, you know, to, to build a business and even, you know, live your life on, on, on love versus fear. And on there also is a free book, how to start a business you love and that loves you back that you can opt in for there, or you can get it on Amazon or all the other places. That's, that's just terrific. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for being with us and pouring out, giving us all this information and helping us with, with emotions and mindset and money and all of these topics. It's been great. Thank you so much again. Well, thank you so much. I really had a lot of fun today. Yeah, me too. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode. <laughs>